Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have a special guest with us, a boss lady in the house that has been doing real estate for the last couple of years. Started off doing some house hacking, some long-term rentals, came from the corporate world. And what's really cool has literally transitioned into doing flips, jumping into some multifamily, Airbnb, and doing it virtually in seven different states. I don't even believe she's actually living in any of the states that she is actually doing Airbnb. So it's really cool to see, you know, when people do things virtually, like we have rental properties in a different state. That's how we started off. And it really builds the systems in place for you. Like, there's no other way because you can't physically pull up to the location and get hands dirty and stuff like that. So systems are so crucial and that's how you can scale any type of business. So we're going to be able to dive in today with this special lady to be able to see exactly how she's been able to do it and really be able to simplify this stuff for you guys as well and really just take it one step at a time. And that's what she's been able to do. Like, There's no like ladder to success here. There's no overnight type of confirmation of like, yes, we made it, we did it. But if you do take this like seriously, what she's about to like drop on you guys right here and really take some time to like write down, take some notes and take this one step at a time. I'm very confident that you're going to be able to see the results and the success that she's been able to bring upon her family in the last few years. And you guys can do the exact same. So With that all being said, Brandy, what's going on? How are you today? I'm excited to have you. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So for anybody out there that doesn't know a little bit more about your story, who you are, where you're from, do you mind just diving into all of that so people can get like a little taste of your experience? Yeah, of course. Let me start with where I'm at now and then I'll go to how it began. So currently, I'm one of the co-founders of Loma Homes, which is a vacation rental company that specializes in creating experiences. So we create extreme vacation rentals, like you can stay in homes that are near Disney, where you're sleeping in spaceships, there's fog machines, there's light special effects and sound effects and dinosaurs. It's super fun. And we're just in a really cool niche where we create fun houses to create experiences for families. But that's not where we started. I started real estate about eight years ago with my husband. We were both working corporate America jobs. I worked in healthcare software and my husband worked doing like sales and marketing. And we decided that we wanted to house hack and buy a duplex where we live in one side and rent out the other. And we kind of got hooked from there. So we started learning more about real estate, got some more long-term rentals, just had this side gig and then decided that this is what we wanted to dive into. So I quit my full-time job first when we had our first child. 
And I was kind of getting bored doing the property management stuff. So I said, hey, let's start flipping houses. (laughs) So I was managing the properties. Kyle was still working full time. And then I started flipping houses with a baby in tow. So our business at the time was called Our Flipping Family because it was me and a baby on a construction site all the time. It was fun. (laughs) I love that. Um, Our Flipping Family. That's too good. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, we have an Instagram still. It's Our Flipping Family. It's kind of like our family brand, but Loma Homes is our main business right now. So um, now we have two kids and uh, they're six and four, but after flipping homes for a while, we got to the point where we built up our rental portfolio that my husband could quit his job and we were both in it full time. And we started getting into the apartments and larger multifamily complexes and it was good. And honestly, it's been really good to experiment and find different locations. We've invested across seven different states and I think over 12 cities. And most of the time, actually all of the time, except for once, it was in places that we did not live. Because for us, it's all about the numbers. We found where we could make the best returns and then you make it work and find the right people and the boots on the ground, wherever that money is. There's no reason to force yourself to invest where you live because business doesn't necessarily mean where you live is the best place. Yeah. So then after a few years of doing that more traditional real estate, we got into vacation rentals and it started with our now business partner, Jeff, actually hired us to create a vacation rental for him because he had ran all the numbers and was trying to figure out what to invest in. And he's a data geek. So he's like, I've decided that vacation rentals are the place for me to put my money, but I don't really have experience in real estate and I just don't know what to do. And funny enough, we were renting his basement apartment from him. So he was our landlord (laughs) at the time. We were in a month-to-month lease while we were looking for a house to buy. And he knew that we were flipping houses remotely. So he came to us and was like, hey, I know I want to do a vacation rental. And I know that I've done the research in this town called Joshua Tree, California, is the most profitable place to be. And so I'm wondering, since you flip houses remotely, can you just go like make me a vacation rental there? And Kyle and I had never heard of this city. And we're like, sure. (laughs) <laughs> we can do that. Like, no problem. <laughs> and outdoors are like, where's Joshua Tree? <laughs> yeah. But the reality is that you can research and get to know any market. We are confident in our ability to be able to make it work in the market. So two weeks later, we drove out there, met realtors, we got to know the area. And then that house ended up doing really well that we decided to create a whole business. And that's kind of how Loma Homes was born, was just started off with one property that now turned into, we have 14 in the works that are either live or or under constructions, we went from one to 14 in about 18 months. So we're really focused on scaling our vacation rental and kind of put the other things on the back burner because it really is like the perfect fit for us where it's fun, creative and profitable. Yeah, that's so good. I got like so many questions for you. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) It's so good. I'm so excited to have you on first off. But so how old were you guys when you got your first property or like how many years ago was it? I was 21 and my husband was 23 when we bought our first property. And that's the duplex that we house hacked. We renovated it ourselves. Bad idea. Lived in one side and rented out the other side. So that was where it all started. Okay. And then for Airbnb, our like short-term rentals, are you guys doing more like arbitrage of working out a lease agreement or are you guys actually buying these properties yourselves? We buy and own all of our properties because we do major renovations. Yeah, our niche is doing like these extreme and custom homes. So there's no reason to arbitrage and then can do construction on other people's houses. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm a firm advocate of that. It's like, why not double dip? So are you guys, you know, essentially just doing the burst strategy to a certain degree? 
Yes, that's actually exactly it. So we get the flip loans. We work, we leverage some of the relationships we have from flipping, in fact. So we get renovation loans up front. We do work with investor partners who are in it long-term. They bring cash to the table to provide like our gap funding and help yep. pay for renovations. So we have long-term investors, and then we use renovation loans, and then we put them on long 30-year fixed uh, mortgages forever. Yeah. 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 Okay. So hard money up front, private money to cover the difference. And Mm -hmm. how long are you keeping the private money in there? Because once you do the cash out refinance, the hard money guys are out at that point, correct? Yeah. So our private money gets to be with it long-term until we sell. So our business strategy is we're trying to grow the portfolio to about a hundred properties. And then we want to sell the whole portfolio to a hedge fund or hospitality company. And part of our reason is because we're buying them at residential rates. We're creating a brand, we're creating a business, and then we can sell it at a cap rate and sell the whole business. So not only are we making really good cash flows in the meantime, but we can sell it and make a a big payout at the end because we're adding value to the properties. So that's our plan and our investors are with us till the end. So they're, they're there for the next probably five to seven years till we sell it. That's so good. I love it. So do you mind, and if this is too personal, by all means, just tell me, you know, now, but when it comes, like, I won't ask for your social or anything like that, but you know, when it comes down to investors payout and structuring, is it equity positions as well or debt? How does that work? So we have both options for people for ones who want to do short-term loans. We do do like a 12, like six to 12 months where they're getting like a flat 10% or whatever. But most of ours are long-term equity partners. We have an actual like PPM offering set up. So it's almost like a REIT or mutual fund where you actually get ownership into our homes and then they get quarterly payouts. So right now, obviously we're still kind of new as we're establishing it, but it's doing pretty well. Like we're estimating like 12% ROI and then we're upper teens in the IRR, which potentially could be significantly higher upside if the cap strategy works out as well. So nice. it's a pretty good long-term investment for people who want to diversify. And then as far as equity positions, how much equity lines do you kind of give available? Like up to 40? Yeah. So actually for us, what we do now is we do a 50-50 split. So the investors get 50% and they get a 5% preferred return. So they get 5% off the top and then a 50-50 of all equity. And that's where they end up averaging about like that. We expect the 12% about 17 IRR. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. That's very cool. So, and is that some kind of like syndication documents that you had to get together or? Yeah, so it's called a PPM. It's a private placement memorandum. So it's like a mutual fund almost of homes. So they're not investing in a single home. You can bring in, like our base right now is 50,000 and it changes because we open up funds every year. So our fund for this year is a base of 50,000 minimum. And then you get a percentage of that 50% depending on how much you bring in. Okay. So basically once you guys fill up for what you're projecting for the year, then you will close it out until. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that that's super exciting. So how are you typically getting, you know, investors to participating that? Yeah. So we have kind of a mix of strategies. We have the like friends and families and the immediate network. Oh, sorry. Kids. And that, honestly, that's the reason why I do this. It's really fun. And I like building cool stuff, but yeah. I love having a job where it's flexible. I can choose to work from home. I can choose to go on vacation when I want. And granted, you never get to escape like your business because you're yeah. at the end of the day, you have to own it, right? But you can bring yeah. it with you wherever you want and you don't have to answer a nine to five. Yeah. So um, I and, love that my kid's going to be a part of it. 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, like if you're not having a good day, if you don't feel like showing up or if like you're sick or there's an awesome thing that came up and you want to put things down for a second to go do that, then like you have the freedom to do it, which is yeah. amazing. Exactly. In fact, we actually traveled the world for three months a couple of years ago with the kids when they were one and three years old. Maybe it was it was an adventure, maybe more than we signed up for. But it was cool that we had the opportunity to actually do that. Like most jobs, you cannot just take three months off or just yeah. leave. Yeah. It's such like a huge shift because after you jump into this lifestyle for like a certain season, I feel like it's not instantly, but like as you grow into it and you realize how much freedom you actually have, then it's almost impossible to even consider or or think about going back. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but it's like, you know, it would just be so hard. You are right. And in fact, it's funny you say that because we're kind of in the middle of that right now. My husband is in a master's program at Cornell. So he's getting a master's in real estate. And we do it for a few reasons. One is we want to obviously grow our network and grow our worth within our own business. And it builds our credibility because the reality is we're raising millions of dollars and building this big business that we want some credibility and to learn from the best. So it's great. But he's also dabbled in like, well, maybe I should go work for a company and learn how it works. And after being your own boss for years, it's hard to think of going back. Yeah, it, <laughs> so it does it's a make a this debates daily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Cool. So let's talk about the leads for a second. Like, you know, I know the benefits of investing in other states because just like you mentioned, like the numbers, it comes down to the numbers, plain and simple. And the strategy, once you pick the strategy, then you can pick the location. Not every location will match up with that particular strategy. So now that you know the strategy, how do you actually find those locations? Yeah, exactly. And I I like to emphasize the fact that it's a different strategy for each location. So if you're set on a location, you need to figure out the strategy. If you're set on a strategy, you need to go find the location. So good. For us, yeah. So right now we're set on like the vacation rental strategy and being able to stand out in it. So we just look at a lot of data. My partner, Jeff, he's the one who came up to us to hire us the first time to create that vacation rental. He's a data geek. He worked in corporate America before our company um, doing like Amazon analytics and stuff. And so he just pulled a bunch of data from AirDNA and Price Labs and looking at all the different listings to see like the top performing properties. And essentially what we do is we compare the revenue that properties make annually with the average home prices. Because we want to find places where you can have a low buy-in for a relatively high revenue. Because, for example, Hawaii might make you a ton of money. But if you have to have $4 million to buy into a house, it's not that feasible. So we had to find somewhere we could buy in low, which Florida was a great fit. And then we can still have high returns. So Orlando was awesome because it's low housing prices. But there's tons of tourism that it warrants a high price if you do the property correct. Yeah, it's so good. You know... Once we actually started doing Airbnb out here, we were doing fix and flips. And then we realized like, hey, I think we can push it and actually try to make the burst strategy work out here as long as we we have multiple doors and we get it at the right numbers. So that's been successful. But then once we switched it up and did the burst strategy with, with short-term rentals, it was really mind-blowing here in San Diego to see the supply and demand from it of how much we can truly keep these filled and the prices that ended up coming out from it. How do you determine some of the prices for your properties? Yeah, are you talking about for like rental prices or purchasing prices? Well, for the actual like Airbnb for renting it out. 
Yeah. So there's two things. One is like I said, we will go to the websites, like there's airdna.co and price lab pool, pool data. The catch is it's kind of like a Zillow, right? Like you it have is. to like take it with a grain of salt. You yeah. look at it, but you want to dive into the individuals, like individual listings. So we look at that and say, okay, the average occupancy rate is 50% or whatever for this area. And the average revenue might be 70,000. But if we know that we're going to be renting out like large houses, you need to narrow down and look at like, okay, which houses are like comps. So just like any other real estate investment, look at them as comps. So look in the area and say, okay, what other houses are eight bedrooms and are renovated or themed out? In our case is what we're looking for. Like which ones are themed out and how much are they bringing in? Look at their calendar, look at their nightly prices. And then you can also on those like AirDNA, you can actually have them pull the data for specific locations. Sure. So that's really how we find, we start with the big market, like to quickly narrow it down. And then we dive into individual properties and see, okay, which ones would be very comparable to what we're going to be at. And then we estimate from that. That's so good. We did the exact same approach, but like you said, like Zillow, almost numbers here. And we were anticipating for one of our properties in Old Town, San Diego, that we could get like 425 per unit. It's a duplex. Yeah. And we were excited about that. We were like, this is going to be awesome. But we weren't necessarily like fully ready to, we were slacking on getting things, you know, up and running. And 4th of July was coming up. So I was like, you know what, let's just put the pressure on us. Let's put it for 700. And if somebody comes and books it, then it will put the pressure on us to get it done. We ended yeah. up having instant bookings like three hours later and then several after that to book up the rest of the month. And I was like, holy crap. Oh, we should have like, charged more. We should have charged more. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Like these numbers are BS. Like we got to increase it to 800. And we ended yeah. up staying, we stayed busy for the whole summer at 700 bucks a night. And, and it was, it's crazy. Now we're starting to like, after the, the summer season's over, we're starting to realize it's, it's a little less. So we're going to start dropping the price a little bit, but it's wild, right? Like, have you been in that situation that, hey, these numbers are completely off and we need yes, to do something here? For sure. And that's where you got to take you with a grain of salt and you have to experiment too and make tweaks. Like we yeah. might start listing it and we're like, oh, we're not getting very many hits. We need to lower it. Or we list it and it gets too many. We're like, oh, it's filling up too fast. We're like <laughs> leaving money on the table. So you want to change it really fast. That's so cool. we kind of, the, anytime we start a listing, we do that. And it's also seasonal in a lot of areas. Yep. So it will change. We do dynamic pricing. So you can use different softwares like Price Labs or Beyond Pricing, where you set limits. You say my average like base price is 400 a night. I never want to dip under X and I don't want to go, but then it goes with fluctuations with the seasons and the like supply and demand automatically. And that's a really good way to optimize your listing. So we use that on our properties. We do Price Labs for us, price um, but I've heard good things about Beyond Pricing as well. But I'd highly recommend if you're doing vacation rental, use that or else you're leaving money on the table because that's the best way to optimize your nightly revenue because it's really hard to keep up with it manually. And the reality is it might be like, hey, it's Comic-Con this weekend and you weren't aware and everybody else is making double, but you didn't hit. But they will notice that there's a spike in booking. So they raise your price for you automatically. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. I mean, that's gold nuggets right there because the average person that isn't using that is leaving so much on the table and, yeah. and missing out on bookings if, if their prices are too high. So that's... And that's it's cute. so easy. It's It makes your life easier and it makes yeah. you more money. Like there's no downside. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. So something you do differently that we do is we keep them plain. Like they're fully remodeled, which is nice, but we don't make them like the the theme or like pizzazzed in any way. No, no smoking... Uh, 
Yeah, go big or go home. That's our theory over here. I love that because I've stayed in one that like my buddies booked. It was like a Star Wars theme and I'm not a Star Wars person, but it was like cool. You know, it was different. And I just thought like, hey, if you have the option, similar prices or whatever, like everybody's probably going to pick some kind of different theme just because it's, it's different. It stands out. So I would love to hear your opinion on that, why you guys decided to go so big and what do you think the true like ROI is on that? Yeah. So it is a whole different ball game and it is more time consuming and costs more money. So if you're just going to do one property, probably not worth your time, but it was for us. We were looking at the numbers and it, it started by looking at the comps. So it's one step at a time. First, we've analyzed different markets and like, hey, Orlando popped up as a top one. So then our goal is now we know we want to go to Orlando. How do we be the best? And looking at the comps, we're like, hey, these are all themed out. Like if we want to be in the top 10%, we need to be unique because the reality is Orlando has tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of vacation rentals. And there's a market for it because there's lots of travelers, but there's still like, you're just in the sea of rentals. So how do you be different? And that's where we realized like the top performing ones were all themed out. So we're like, okay, we can do this and we can do it better than they're doing it. And at that point, like I had flipped houses, I knew normal construction, but I'd never built a spaceship bed or I had never dealt with like fog machines. So it was one step at a time. I was like, okay, so we know we needed to build out themed houses. So I'm just going to start calling people and figure out like who built spaceship beds. Yeah. So I made calls and just Googled and called around till I got to the right person. So one person, one contract, like, oh, I know someone who kind of does that. And then someone else would leave me. It's like, oh, you need to look for people who are foam carvers. There's like a whole artist of people who make sculptures out of foam and then you can make them into beds. Yeah. So it goes back to like, it seems really big and lofty goals right now, but if you take it one step at a time, whether that's theming, whether it's something else, buying apartments or whatever, it's doable if you take it in bite-sized chunks. What's the task right now? The task is to figure out how to make a spaceship bed. So I'm going to make a spaceship bed and then I'm going to figure out how to make really cool lights and make it so you can drive the spaceship bed. So that's kind of how we got into it was just that we saw where we needed to be and then figured out how to get there. Yeah, that's so good. I think it's that book or like the quote behind it, like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And that's a nasty description or to think about, but it's pretty damn accurate because the average person out there can easily get overwhelmed with trying to get the foggers and spaceship beds and just all the different cool things that I'm sure your guys places like stand out and get the pizzazz, right? But if you do start building those relationships and take it one step at a time, then it's definitely doable. And it's it's very creative to make your guys like stand out in comparison to all the others out there. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, the other thing to keep in mind is that not every market's the same and doesn't warrant that. So yeah. for example, we have done Joshua Tree, California, and then we've done the Gulf Coast, like Destin, Panama City Beach, and then we've done Orlando. So Orlando has spaceships and has trains and it has dinosaurs because people go there for the theme parks. But then we looked at the comps in like Joshua Tree and we realized Joshua Tree is like this hippie music wonderland, rock climbers. There's like the Coachella music crowd. So what are we going to do? We're going to make a hippie wonderland. I don't need spaceships. What I need is like giant art murals and hammocks. Yeah. So that's what we did for that one. And then you look at the beach and people are going to like the Gulf Coast for like a nice luxury vacation for the beach. So we can do themed out houses by doing them very nice and renovated and on theme and professionally decorated without having to like go all in on specialty contractors. 
So that's what you got to know is like, what is it that sells in your market? Look at what the, how the top 10% is performing and then figure out how to be better than them. That's so, so good. I love that. So when it comes down to customer service and replying back to all these, how many doors is it at this point that are doing short-term rentals? So we have three that are live in Orlando. We have Wizards Way, which is a wizard-themed one. We have 12 Parsecs, which is space-themed. And we have Raptor Retreat, which is dinosaur-themed. And then we have four that are live in Destin. And then we have seven that are in construction. We have a castle-themed and princess house in Orlando underworks. And then we have six in Destin. So like I said, we started with one. We proved the model with one. And now we're scaling it where we're launching about two new buying and launching about two new properties a month. That's so, so good. So when it comes down to like managing all the guests and that process, are you currently doing that right now or... Yeah. Okay. So we do everything in house. We tried initially to like find a property management company. And the reality was that no one was up to par for what we wanted. We have very high standards, especially when you're making a nice luxury house, like you have to be good. So we decided to bring it in house right now for our Loma homes. We have about seven employees for project management. And also like we have a two customer service guest relations people, and we have really strict guidelines. Like our average response time is three minutes. They have to respond to be on the call, like they're on call during their shifts and they have to respond right away when they get messages. So making sure that you're responsive and that you're helpful, even though we're remote, because we are based out of Utah. I actually live in New York right now. Our office is in Utah and our properties are in Florida. (laughs) Yeah, all (laughs) over the place. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we have boots on the ground where if there's a problem, we can get a maintenance guy or a cleaner or someone over there the same day or within hours to make sure problems are resolved. So for us, that customer service is so important that we couldn't outsource it because it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a shit show if you try it any other way, bottom line. like, And this is even like with long-term rentals. Can you imagine short-term where in my personal opinion, I've noticed that not everybody, but a good percentage of individuals that stay in the short-term rentals, they feel more not opinionated, but like entitled Entitled. a little bit because it's almost like they're used to staying in hotels and getting the extra toothbrush or whatever they need if they forget theirs. Yeah. Try the entitlement of people who are staying on expensive homes. (laughs) Yeah. Like ours aren't the cheapest. Very high expectations, especially in our homes because of the fact that they pay a premium. I mean, if you're paying a thousand dollars a night for a house, you want to get your value or whatever. Yeah. And I can agree for sure. I mean, it makes sense. I wouldn't pay that much myself. So like if somebody else wants to pay it on one of our properties, I get it completely. Yeah. And for us, it's all about the experience. We want to have like when we design the houses, it's about the guest experience. Like we try to incorporate the five senses. We have sound effects, we have light effects, we have like motion trigger things, whatever. So it's not only like the special effects, but like the cleanliness, making sure the air conditioning working, all those like normal maintenance things can't be overlooked just because you're putting theming in. Yeah. So it's a full package of not only creating the house, but then maintaining it and having a really good team to keep it up and running as good as it was on day one. Yeah, that's so good. So when it comes down to a cleaning crew, in my personal opinion, I feel like that's like the secret ingredient. And I'm curious, you know, we've had ups and downs a little bit here and there with some of our guys. And we're really blessed at the end of the day for our cleaning crew. They're amazing. But there are certain little details that get missed sometimes. So how do you guys react to that? It's funny you ask that because that is one of our biggest pain points right now. In full disclosure, in one of our cities, we've gone through five cleaners in the last month. Yep. 
we are just like in Orlando, we've got good ones or whatnot, but the Gulf Coast has been rough. We are just going through them because no one has been good enough. So we're in the process of creating our own cleaning company in-house as well. So we're hiring our cleaners because we can train them how we want. Because the reality is that we need to have homes that are cleaned well, like even the minor things are important. And we've realized that no other company has cared for it as well. And that might not be the case in every market. Like I said, we have had success other places, but in this city, we have not had luck. So we're just doing it ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. We went through three on our first month. And then thankfully the last one was a referral and it was like our golden ticket. But with that being said, there's been certain seasons that like started off amazing, had a couple dips and then we got on it and back up to amazing, but it's exactly. In fact, we had one cleaner for a year and then it just kept getting worse. Like I think sometimes cleaners get complacent, like they've proven themselves and then they get worse and worse and worse. And that was what happened with our first cleaner. So there are ways that you can like what we've implemented and this is how we've gone through them so fast because now we have a quicker way about like to vet them is we actually have a 27 point inspection checklist and we have an inspector who goes in and they check off everything or you can use a software. So we're actually building out an app, but you can use like properly or whatever. So you have to take pictures of all the different things to check it off. And I think as an owner, you have to do that validation if you want to maintain the quality, unless you just got lucky and have a stellar cleaning crew. No, like over time we've developed like a checklist. Originally, Jennifer went through the properties, each individual ones with the cleaner saying, this is exactly how we want it to be done. And they were on the same page. And then eventually we ended up making just like something, a little checklist that we laminated, given to them everywhere. And then she always takes before and after pictures of all rooms for us so that we can see. But once we do like a random come in and check it out, then sometimes, you know, we can find little things that were missed and that's not the best feeling. Yeah. And I think you have to do random inspections and you just have to have some accountability. So the photos are really good or having a person whose job is just to be like inspector. That's who we've hired as an inspector and they get paid per booking just to walk the house and make sure everything's guest ready before we get complaints from the guests about it. That's so good. And that's something that we want to implement in the future. Once we grow to a certain size, I think that's like key to have one person that can be the bad guy putting pressure on that individual and know that everything has to be checked. So that's good. So overall, when it comes down to just the, the wow factors with the five senses, is there anything in particular that you think probably like grabs more attention from other people or or like, how are you getting, encouraging people to leave more five-star reviews over negative stuff? <laughs> I mean, obviously we have the themes and stuff, but it's not necessary. I think the biggest thing is really your cleanliness and your customer service. Anybody can do that. It doesn't matter if you're high-end or you're an average property. If you make sure your house is clean and yeah. if you're quick to respond and you're friendly and helpful, that's going to get you the most five-star reviews. Like obviously you need to have bare minimum things. Like if you're missing kitchen essentials, people might be mad. But once you get that bare minimum, it's just about making sure that you're responsive to people because there's no quicker way to get a bad review than having things that are not clean. If they're finding like hair in the shower, like that just ruined the experience where now they're finding all these other problems. So I think that's the biggest piece of advice. You don't have to go ultra theme to stand out and be profitable. There's so many ways to be successful in real estate and vacation rentals. And that's just the niche we picked. Yeah, that's good. Jennifer handles all the communication with any of the guests that come in. Just because I don't have the patience for it, I I would be like the worst customer service ever. I'd be like, hey, deal with it. 
Yeah. So maybe Kyle can relate, <laughs> but yeah, we would get fired right away. I feel like, but at the end of the day, you know, certain things that little hiccups that come up, Jennifer really acknowledges and she like preaches this to me on a regular basis that a lot of these clients are, you know, whatever you say, the guests, they just want to be heard. And yeah. if they have this long complaint or, you know, they typically apologize to her later saying it was from something else and they just wanted to lash out or whatever it is. So it's kind of, do you guys run into certain things like that? Yeah. And lucky for me, I don't deal with it quite as much. So I'm in charge okay. of the designs and construction. Kyle does acquisitions and then Jeff does guest communication. So he manages our team, but we still hear a lot of stories and we have had our fair share of nightmare guests and whatnot. But for us, we pretty much follow the mentality of like the guest is right. Like we are very accommodating and listening and maybe to a fault to give lots of refunds and really quick to respond to things. Like we would, five stars matter a lot to us. So we will yeah. be sure. And I don't mean that, uh, hopefully uh, this is like healthy people who want to be guests. Don't take advantage of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you dare take advantage of us. <laughs> but well, the reality is five, star. <laughs> five stars is like the livelihood of business in Airbnb. So if that means that we have to go buy them a coffee maker at midnight because a guest is ticked, real life story, we are going to pay someone a hundred dollars to go buy a stupid $20 coffee maker to make this guest happy. Yeah. So there's lots of just little things that go a long way with the guests. And it all comes down to being a good listener and very responsive. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I mean, it takes a, a strong personality type to be able to hear a lot of these people out. What is the worst example or situation that you guys might have dealt with? We have one horror story that was like absolute. It was just... Yes, yeah. the one stands out as you ask this. COVID was rough. Let's put it that way. Well, Florida shut down vacation rentals. You were not allowed to rent for two months or else you lose your rental license. Oh, Which I didn't know that. Can- yeah. So it was really hard. This is like 2020 and like the beginning of COVID. So we had to cancel on guests. It was like over $30,000 in bookings that we had to cancel. And the guests were not always happy, but we were not allowed to host anybody. The whole city was shut down. But we had, and then when we opened back up, we started with the low prices because people were hesitant to travel and we wanted to just get people in there. But there's something about when you lower your price, you just attract the wrong crowd. Yeah. Like if you make it a higher occupancy rate with a lower price, but you'll make more money with a higher price and a lower occupancy rate because they'll take better care of your house. So yeah. we discovered it the hard way because this was a, Towards the beginning of our experience is our first house and it was COVID and we were desperate to like make up these losses and we paid for it poorly. <laughs> so our first guest back after COVID or mid COVID was this very large man who threw a party in our space themed house and he broke a few chairs, which we're all, this was a brand new house, broke a few chairs left food, alcohol, everything all over the place, caused quite a bit of damage, left like underwear and lingerie and things out by the pool. And it was just like disgusting mess all over. And then he was like, of course, then was like making complaints to us too. When we're like, oh, like you trashed the place. This is not, not a good situation. So that was one of our bad ones recently. The other one that stands out is actually the very first property, which when Jeff purchased it from us, that Joshua tree one, Yeah. when he was running it, it was the hippie wonderland. 
it was a little dome that we had our build inside. And then we put five or three trailers on the outside, gutted them, made them into detached bedrooms with art murals. Then we did like a pool and a hammock set up and fire pin stuff. That's well, cool. there were also a party with some drunk young adults who decided to hang a bunch of stuff off of a pole on the hammock and broke the pole and it hit a girl and she had to get 13 stitches. And it turned into a little bit of a legal battle. And so for us, we, because of that, we sold our properties. We had another property in California too. We sold them and we're not in California anymore because it's a, it is not a landlord friendly state to be in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's very so happy and it's there's nothing to protect you as a landlord. So that one was one of our worst ones to deal with. And luckily we learned soon and got out of it before we were that invested there and decided to like just focus on other markets. But those were our two worst. And they both have to do with parties. If you go lower prices, you attract parties. You attract <laughs> the young people. Also don't do single night rentals if you have Yeah, that's problems. so good. That that's something that we learned. Uh we only had one like shit show of an experience for a party and they ended up I think there was they booked two nights, but their excuse was it was a couple and that they lived locally, but they wanted a little in town getaway. Yeah. And that was a no-go. We saw on our cameras outside that they had like 10 people over uh, smoking weed and drinking outside. So we called them right away, told them they had to get out. And five minutes later, they didn't. So we called them again and we said, we're calling the cops. And we ended up going over there before we called the cops. Once we got there, we realized there's like 30 people inside this small little house. And yeah, it took a couple hours to get everybody out. And Did you call like, the cops or get them out yourself? We got them out ourselves, but we we did call the cops right when we got there because we were like, this is chaos. And we found out that they put it on social media. So over the span of like several hours, even after like we got everybody out and like it was like two o'clock in the morning, we went back home to go to bed and we saw on the cameras, people were still showing up at the front door. Coming back. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. It was horrible, but they let off uh, fireworks in the middle of the street because they were pissed off. There was over 200 something people that came out. It was crazy. Yeah, that is nuts. And that's what's crazy too is like that was a smaller house. So like, yeah, we have them because you kind of expect it with a larger house, but even yeah. smaller houses, people do stuff like we had one that was a house Kyle and I flipped and then we put it on a vacation rental market for a little bit until we sold it outside of Loma Homes. And our very first guest, like, threw a party, got the cops called on him, like, smoked weed. And I was like, why do we even bother flipping this house? It just got ruined. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's such. It's hard. Yeah. So is there anything that you would give, like, tip-wise for the listeners on identifying if they're going to throw a party and really canceling that stuff out from the beginning? Yeah. I say first thing is your nightly minimums. The other thing is the pricing. Like I talked about, like, don't be too desperate to do a cheap price. And then getting people who have like verified reviews or have like their verified identity, stuff like that. We are very hesitant. Sometimes people are kind of dumb and they'll even message you and be like, hey, I know I'm only 18, but a few friends and I just want to go on this vacation. And we're like, nope, like we don't allow younger people to book the properties or if they want a large amount, like, hey, I actually want to change the number of people on my bookings to like 20 people. Be like, Sorry, that's not allowed. So if you have yeah. that many, we'll need to cancel your reservation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but you can never fully prevent it. Things will still happen. And so just like the name of the game. So unfortunately it does happen and do them everything you can to prevent it. But also calculate when you're doing your projections and buying that there's, you're going to have to have some costs that will happen because of that. 
It's good. I personally like to put the cameras on the outside of the house everywhere. Yes. Like a Nazi. And basically, I just like, I'm like a hawk on there if I have any type of, yeah, just like second guessing and, and really following your gut feeling, right? Yeah, exactly. In fact, in the, the lawsuit with the hammock, we have yeah. cameras outside that show that they were like drinking all day and have people and like, it is valuable to have cameras. We're in the process now of implementing that on all of our properties that it's good. It's good to have cameras in case you ever need proof, whether for Airbnb or a lawsuit, heaven forbid, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We've had other crazy people going outside, like basically naked, just yes. like <laughs> the middle of the night. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's yeah. crazy stuff. San Diego. Especially, especially like, if you have a pool, you may not want to put your camera towards the pool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's so good. <laughs> cool. Well, God, I feel like we could go on and on. Like you got so much value, so much experience, which comes down to being able to give so much like golden nuggets for so many people. I know you guys have a course coming out to be able to help out more people, which like that's what it's all about to save the time and energy and all the hassle that everybody's going through doing this on your own. So do you mind just giving a little breakdown and how people can get access to that? Yeah. So we have gotten so many questions about what we do that we decided to make it into a course. So it's called Loma Vacation Academy, and we're just launching this week. So if you go to LomaVacationAcademy.com, the domains are getting set up today. So if it's not there, email us, but it should be there by the end of today. And we set up a special promo code for these listeners. So you can get 50% off if you put ready, set, go 50 in. So we want to just like hit the ground running, get more people in it, get feedback. So as we're launching, let us know what you like. Let us know what more lessons you want. Like our goal is to add value. And right now it's nine modules, has over 48 lessons within it. But we plan to continue to grow that as we see what our students need. So check it out. Feel free to email me um, if you have more questions or. I want to find out more. I love it. I'm so excited for that. So how can people email you or social media links, website, you know, feel free to drop all that stuff. So my email is Brindy. It's B-R-Y-N-D-E-E at Loma, L-O-M-A dash homes.com. And then our Instagram is Loma Homes. And our Facebook is Loma Vacation Rentals because someone already took the other one. Sorry. (laughs) reach out to us there we're most active on instagram you can see a lot of the behind the scenes as we're creating the houses and like building out the cool dinosaurs and props so instagram is definitely like the best place to go our website is really cool if you want to book and see more of our properties it's loma-homes.com so check us out and feel free to reach out we'd love to connect and we'd love to share more of what we do yeah brandy you are amazing i'm so excited to just follow the path of what you guys have coming up i know it's just the beginning and, and you guys are running So it's pretty awesome. But just taking it like one step at a time, like you guys have been, that's where you're seeing all the results. So I know the listeners took a bunch of gold nuggets from this. So I just want to thank you and praise you up. You know, because you just gave an hour of your time, is there anything that the listeners or even myself can do to give back to you? Thank you so much. Honestly, right now, the biggest thing would be follow us on Instagram. Give us your feedback on as we're designing houses. We often are asking what kind of themes you want to see or for feedback. And then of course, if you do want to learn, buy the course and help us improve it and make it better. So it's perfect for you and other people. So not only go and check out the website, but if you do buy, email me what things you want to see and so that we can keep improving it. 
Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, you guys heard it here first. I'm super excited. It's just about to launch. So you guys are getting first access to it. And at 50% off, it's a no-brainer. So make sure you type that in. It's for ready, set, go, and then the number 50. And that will be totally for you guys as a gift. So thank you and so much. And literally the first promo code we made. So you really are the first to hear about it. It's launching today. <laughs> today, baby. I'm so I'm so thankful that you gave that out to the listeners. It just shows like where your heart is as well. And overall, like really want to serving other people. So kudos to you guys for putting in all the work and taking like all the bruises ahead of time to be able to help out more people. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. No, and we've learned from others too. And that's one thing that we've realized is you don't have to make the expensive mistakes. Like we've bought a fair share of courses and mentorships and coaching that it's been one of the reasons we're successful. So find other people who are doing what you want to do and learn from them. It's going to save you money than learning to try to do it and stumbling along the way yourself. So whether that's me or someone else, that's great, but go and learn from the experts. I love it. That's so good. Cool. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. For everybody out there, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification for Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast. You'll get the newest notification every single Monday. Make sure you leave some reviews for us. We love reviews. We want to see those five stars, just like for Airbnb, baby. So get those five stars out there and give us some feedback. We'd greatly appreciate it. Share it out to anybody that needs to hear these messages. And as always, if you want to connect with me, you can do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments, otherwise facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you need any credit repair done for you services, you can check out creditrepairmobile.com. And otherwise, if you're looking to get educated, learn how to fix credit very quickly, build up several six figures, even seven figures in funding, and then be able to leverage it into real estate. Walmart, automation stores, e-commerce, whatever business you got going on, you can always do so and check to see if you can apply for creditcounselelite.com. With that being said, we will see you guys on the very next episode next Monday. And yeah, I just appreciate you so much for tuning in. And Brandy, you were amazing. So keep doing what you're doing and keep crushing it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. See you guys. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.